RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Officials step up COVID testing for staff and patients to fend off hospital outbreaks. People arriving in the SAR are offered the choice of a taxi to ferry them directly to the quarantine hotel. And there's a call for Hong Kong's minimum wage to go up to $50 an hour. The hospital authority says it's increasing COVID testing after a cluster in the surgical ward at Shelton Hospital. A chief manager at the authority, Gladys Kwan, said more staff dealing with vulnerable patients would take PCR tests twice a week instead of once. Patients will be tested on admission and again three days later. She says the authority may also step up testing for visitors. The workload we anticipate, with, uh, which we can't manageable. So I um, don't think it will be affect our uh, usual services. And we think, as we have just mentioned, it really did help us to uh, early uh, pick up those positive cases. With the early co- confirmed cases, then we can isolate no matter the staff or even the patients and so that they can get the appropriate treatments. And also we can stop the spread within the hospitals. Meanwhile, health officials reported 3,906 new local cases and three more deaths of COVID patients. There were also 224 imported infections. People arriving in Hong Kong are being given the option of a direct taxi ride to quarantine hotels in one of 100 designated cabs. They'll have to pay the fare for the taxis, which are available from 8 in the morning until 2am. The government says it's also improved free bus services from the airport to hotels. The Transport Secretary, Lam Sai Hung, said more taxis were available if needed. We have to react to the demand from the community on such taxi services. And we have heard quite a lot of noises from our community on this service. And I'm sure that uh, this will meet the demand of some of the landing passengers. We will review the, the demand and adjust the surface level to suit. At the present moment, we have engaged 100 taxes to provide such service. If required, we can engage more taxes to suit the demand. One of the volunteer taxi drivers, Mr Tang, said one or two hundred people used the new services this morning. He says carrying travellers who've already tested negative for COVID at the airport is safe. If we pick up passengers from the street, we don't know if they've been confirmed with COVID. So I'm not worried at all. This plan is even safer. A concern group has urged the government to raise the minimum wage to at least $50 an hour, saying people on base pay are struggling to make ends meet. The Catholic Diocese's Pastoral Centre for Workers says it surveyed more than 100 security guards over the past two months and found that around half earn less than $40 per hour, while more than 30% are on the minimum wage. But Nian Ping from the centre says the government should review the pay floor every year. We urge the government to raise the minimum wage rates to 50, at least $50 per hour. It is because it is a, 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 a raise that can support a reasonable life uh, for not only the particular worker but also their families. I think only when the review will be conducted every year that the minimum wage can match the rising inflation. In sport, Hong Kong tennis ace Coleman Wong is back in the SAR after winning the boys' doubles championships at both the US and Australian Opens. He's also the first Hong Kong player to reach the quarterfinals of the boys' singles at Wimbledon. The 18-year-old says his achievements boosted his confidence and his next goal is to represent Hong Kong in the Olympics. I'm pretty satisfied with my result. 
the last year because didn't play for one year and two months and then right back can get two grand slams in one year and many more big tournaments and big achievements and uh, the upcoming goal is to be playing the 2024 Paris Olympics representing Hong Kong of course it's not easy I'm just gonna stay humble do whatever I can and just listen to my coaches the weather, it will be fine. Minimum temperature about 30 degrees, very hot with prolonged sunshine tomorrow. Maximum temperature up to around 36 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees warmer in the new territories. Light to moderate southwesterly winds. The outlook is going to stay persistently very hot and sunny throughout this week. On Wednesday, the temperature will be up to 35 degrees in the urban areas, warmer in the new territories. The very hot weather warning is in effect, temperature 31 degrees, humidity 79%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The MTR Corporation has been urged to explain as soon as possible why it took its staff four hours to find a man after his family reported him missing at Hong Kong Station last week. The man was later found dead in a toilet at the station. Here's Maggie Ho. According to District Councillor Leo Chi, who's assisting the bereaved family, 66-year-old Mr. Hui was on a train with his wife, travelling from Ma Onshan to Longping Station last Wednesday. When they approached Hong Kong Station just before 5 p.m., he said he had to get off to use the toilet. His wife had just had leg surgery, and Mr. Hui didn't want her to give up her seat on the train. So he told her to proceed with the journey and wait for him in Longping Station. After she arrived at Longping at around 5.30, she texted her husband but received no response. She notified other family members who called MTR staff at Hong Kong Station and asked him to look for Mr. Hui. The family said they were repeatedly told that all the toilets had been searched and a man was nowhere to be found. Later that evening, a cleaner found Mr. Hui dead inside an accessible toilet in the concourse of the station. The district councillor told an RTHK program that MTR should come clean on whether there were any relevant guidelines and if its staff had abided by them. As a public transport with the highest patronage, with more than 4 million rides every day, the MTR has stringent guidelines on crowd control, Mr. Chu said. I believe it would have guidelines on how to locate missing people. Did the staff follow the guidelines? And what was the manpower arrangement on that day? These are areas that need to be looked at. Lawmaker Gary Zhang, vice chairman of Leshko's subcommittee on matters relating to railways, says staff shouldn't even need guidelines to handle situations like this. A very common sense response would be to knock on the door, and if no one answered, they should follow up and see why the person inside was unresponsive. Why wasn't it done? It's very regrettable, and MTR has to explain, he said. The railway firm, for its part, says it would conduct an internal investigation, maintain communication with the family and provide them with appropriate assistance. The MTR also says it will install motion detectors in over 90 accessible toilets along its network within three months. Beijing has urged British officials not to make an issue out of China after the former finance minister Rishi Sunak said China represented the biggest long-term threat to Britain. 
Mr Sunak is battling with Foreign Secretary Liz Truss to lead Britain's governing party. He said that if elected, he would close the 30 Confucius Institutes in Britain that have been accused of spreading what he called pro-Beijing propaganda. Asked about Mr Sunak's remark at the daily briefing, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Jia Lejean had this to say. The election of the head of the British Conservative Party is an internal matter of the UK and I will not comment on it. But I would like to urge a certain British politician not to make an issue out of China or hype the so-called China threat, because such irresponsible remarks will not help them solve their own problems. Beijing has announced that the latest addition to the nation's space station is docked with the Tianhe core module. Astronauts have since entered the Wentian lab module in orbit. Natalie Cheng reports. The Wentian module, which was launched into space on Sunday afternoon, docked with the front port of Tianhe at 3.13 a.m. on Monday. It's the first time China's docked two 20-ton-level spacecraft in orbit. The China Manned Space Agency said Shenzhou 14 astronauts, who are already in Tiangong Space Station, enters the Wentian hours later. They will conduct works such as small mechanical arm crawling. Wentian led module mission chief engineer Zhou Xuanmei said it was a mission of firsts. This is the first time we practiced the in-orbit docking between large modules, and also the first semi-autonomous fast docking. In general, the whole process was under very accurate control and accomplished successfully. It's also the first time that a space rendezvous and docking were carried out during the astronauts' in-orbit stay in the space station, according to the space agency. Here's what astronaut Liu Yang said when she and her crewmates Chen Dong and Cai Xuzhe entered the module. We welcome the Wentian module. Our home in space is becoming more and more beautiful. Designed for science and biology experiments, the 23-ton Wentian Lab module is heavier than any other single-module spacecraft currently in space, according to state media. It will be followed by a second lab module, the Mengtian, which will be launched in October. Myanmar's military rulers have carried out the country's first executions in decades, eliciting widespread condemnation from the United Nations and human rights groups. According to state media reports, two well-known pro-democracy figures were among the four men put to death. Chomin Yu was a long-time political activist, and Pyo Zedadar was an elected politician under the regime that was overthrown in a coup last year. The UN's human rights chief for Myanmar, James, James Rodiova, gave his reaction. I would say that these executions are not surprising. The Myanmar military has at this point killed over you know, 2,100 people, and 30% of those people that they have killed have been people in their custody. 10% of those killed have been people that uh, were either summarily or extrajudicially executed. It, it seems to me that the Myanmar military is committed to a policy of killing its way out of a crisis of its own creation. The authorities in central California have told thousands of people to prepare to leave their homes as a wildfire near Yosemite National Park continues to burn out of control. The state's worst fire so far this year is spreading rapidly, with nearly 60 square kilometres now ablaze. Tom Lydon is a journalist in the area. 
it's an enormous, enormous area. The situation's dire. You know, about 6,000 people evacuated. I am one of the evacuees. I've been staying with my mother, and we were in an evacuation advisory zone on the southern edge of this fire. Most of the activity right now is towards the north, and we decided to get out while we could. We, we just got our animals out and our belongings. India has sworn in its first president from a minority tribal background. At her swearing-in ceremony, Drupadi Murmu said she took great satisfaction that people who had been deprived of the chance to progress for centuries could see their reflection in her. It is the power of our democracy that a daughter born in a poorhouse, a daughter born in a remote tribal area, can reach the highest constitutional post of India. With a spirit of world welfare, I will always be ready to work with full devotion and dedication to live up to the trust of all of you. Ms Momo is only the second woman to serve in the largely ceremonial post. It has been confirmed that next year's Eurovision Song Contest will take place in Britain. The event's organisers decided it could not be held in the winning country, Ukraine, because of the war there. Britain came second in this year's contest. Eurovision's executive supervisor, Martin Osterdahl, announced the decision, adding that the event would have a Ukrainian flavour. We will be in the United Kingdom. We will have BBC as the host broadcaster, but we will also, of course, do... uh a lot of things to honor our winner Ukraine and our member organization UAPBC in Ukraine. So we'll have a lot of, I think, Ukrainian flavor, if you like, and Ukrainian talents on display. More sport now and the United States took gold in the women's 4 by 400 meters on the final day of the World Athletics Championships in Oregon. 50 meters to go is Sydney McLaughlin coming up for her second gold medal of the week here. Jamaica will get the silver. And Lavia Nilsson has made sure of a bronze medal here. McLaughlin crosses the line in gold. Jamaica take the silver. And Great Britain and Northern Ireland finish the championship with yet another hard-fought bronze medal. And because of that USA win, Alison Felix, who ran in the heats, has yet another major championship gold medal as she walks off into retirement. The men's 4x400 metres gold altar went to the United States by a huge margin from Jamaica and Belgium. Nigeria's Tobiasa Amason set a world record in the semi-finals of the women's 100-metre hurdles at 12.12 seconds. She ran even faster in the final, but that was wind-aided and not considered a record. Amason said she was just as happy to win gold. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a dream come true. You know, God, God just said this is my time and he showed up. Keep praying, keep working at it, trusting my coach and nothing is impossible. There was also a world record for Sweden's Armand Duplantis in the men's pole vault event. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Officials step up COVID testing for staff and patients to fend off outbreaks in hospitals. People arriving in the SAR are being offered the chance of a taxi to ferry them directly to their quarantine hotel. And there's a call for Hong Kong's minimum wage to be increased to $50 an hour. And that's the news. From RTHK. RTHK Radio 3.
His name was Rico. He wore a diamond. He was escorted to his chair. He saw Lola dancing there, and when she finished, he called her over. But Rico went a bit too far. Tony sailed across the bar, and then the punches flew, and chairs were smashed in two. There was blood and a single gunshot, but just who shot who at the Copa? Barry Manilow once had the moniker, the nickname, the Divine Mr. M, because of his association with the Divine Miss M, Bette Midler, of course. And in an interview, he said it was hate at first sight when they when they first met. They did about three years together, I think, as a sort of a duo. Uh, he said, but we recognised every each other's talents, and so we got along basically because of that. Then they split. Barry Manilow became a very successful solo performer. Once I believed that when love came. 